0: Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. My name is Todd McLaughlin, and I will be your host. If you would like to learn more about our upcoming live stream yoga classes, workshops, teacher trainings, and or our online yoga studio, please visit us at NativeYogaCenter.com. Thank you. Sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy this episode. All right, everybody, the question of the day. What is school going to look like when it starts back up at the end of this month here in August of 2020? Uh, We're here in Palm Beach County. I realize that this is the question of the day in all the schools across the country uh, and, and around the world as well. And so that's why I'm really excited to bring our next guest, Elaine Gallagher, And Elaine is, she's the HR partner for the Palm Beach County or in Palm Beach County School System, Palm Beach County uh, District. And you can find her on Facebook. Her Facebook name is Lena Yoga and it's spelled L E E N A Y O G A. So Lena Yoga. And you can find her also on Instagram uh, with the handle at same spelling, Lena Yogi. L-E-E-N-A-Y-O-G-I. And so, yes, Elaine Gallagher, I'm really excited. Thank you for joining, and uh, let's get started. Hi, Elaine. So great to have you here today. How are you doing?
1: I'm well, thanks, Todd. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm really excited to have... The opportunity to speak with you today, I feel like the topic of uh, discussion that I'd like to lead us into is really important because it's surrounding the current education um, situation that we're in terms of our children. And, um, you know, obviously we're going through a lot of changes and a lot of parents uh, and educators are curious uh, what, what where we're headed. And um, on that note, will you help me um, educate our listeners as to, well, the first thing I'd like to introduce um, everyone uh, that you are a yoga practitioner and a yoga teacher. So you have the, the, the love of yoga in your life. and I
1: do, and, very much
2: so.
0: <laughs> and, um, and I guess the part that I want a little bit of assistance from you is if you could um, give us an idea of what your other job is.
1: Sure, sure. So I am um, what we call an HR partner to a set of 47 district schools. As you know, um, our district is quite large, so we have a total of about 180 schools, and 47 of those, um, I partner with these principals to facilitate any and all HR um, processes or to assist them or facilitate their management of human capital within their campuses. So anything within uh, from recruitment of teachers to hiring of teachers, retention strategies and retention work, um, to also facilitating the hire of principals that they're needed at these schools or other administrators such as assistant principals, um, single school culture coordinators, all administrative positions at the school. Well, so, and I nice. also uh, manage some projects um, here and there that are, are meant to develop and grow our programs in some way.
0: Awesome. And that's here in Palm Beach County in Florida.
1: It is in Palm Beach County School District, yeah.
0: And so we're extending all the way from Boca in the south up into Tequesta in the north and then Correct. as far west as Glade. Bell
1: Glade, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Glade, and all the way east to Palm Beach.
0: Wow! Mm-hmm. So that's forty-seven different schools.
1: Um, my particular schools are separated within the central region. Uh, so I cover uh-huh. I have schools like within Wellington, as far south as Lake Worth, mm-hmm. um, as far east as West Palm Beach and Palm Beach. Actually, Palm Beach schools—the the one school that's on the island is one of my schools, and I go as far west, like I said, Wellington.
0: And then, how do you have, do? You know what the number is of how many schools there are? To, public schools there are total in the in, entire Palm Beach County.
1: Sure, it's
0: 180. 180, wow. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the first thought that I have or question is um, uh, I have two children that are in the Palm Beach County school system, um, and so it was a real eye-opening and um, revelatory experience to have schools close uh, toward the end of this last year and switch over to online learning. Um, which I've been, I've had some educators correct me and say that that part of the schooling experience is not necessarily what we would call homeschooling. It was maybe more classified as like distance or virtual learning. Um, what, what do we see on our horizon as I think now the school date to start? Is it August 30th, am I right? It got pushed back? Yeah,
1: it did. It got pushed back, so we'll be... Um starting the school year on August 31st, Mm -hmm. actually, Mm -hmm. giving us a little extra time to see how Palm Beach County does. So, you know, as you know, right now we're in phase one of reopening and Mm -hmm. we've been kind of static there for a little while because our numbers are continuing to stay either stable or up Mm -hmm. uh, as far as COVID is concerned. Mm -hmm. So the school district is very concerned about bringing children back to brick and mortar into the building um, as you can imagine, with 180 schools that we actually employ, we're the largest employer in Palm Beach County. Mm. So we have about an employee force of 24,000 or so wow. employees. Wow. Wow. So bringing children back to schools then involves bringing all these employees back to work, um, in the buildings as well. Yes. So, um, in order to assist in, in giving us a little bit of time, we've, um, Push back the school year, the calendar, to give us that extra time, and in addition to really enhance and create better, um, more robust supports for the distance learning that we've decided to return to until the county decides to go back into phase two of reopening. Yeah. So, um, when we first decided to go distance learning, it was really not our choice. You know, within two weeks, we had to kind of. Pull it together. Oh my um, gosh, right? And yeah, <laughs> and get children at home with the, the right technology, the right access, the right things. You know, we were just kind of on crisis mode, mm-hmm. trying to make sure we could still do the best that we could to provide some instruction for children. Um, but I think that now that, you know, we've had summer break for the children and we're having some time to make these decisions and to prepare things, we're hoping that we're able to introduce a much more robust um, way of delivering the instruction for the children, even though they're still going to be home.
0: Can you give? I, I'm not sure what you're publicly allowed to speak about. So, if anything I ask is not appropriate, I completely understand, and so that's no problem at all. You can just let me know, and I I won't push further. But um, I did I did hear from a. Um, uh, one of my son's friends, parents, that there's this idea that potentially the students at the middle school level would uh, actually be in a Zoom-like slash online class with a teacher, maybe for the duration that a regular class time would be held, say, for like 50 minutes. Is there any truth to that?
1: So uh, I'm not sure like of the details, our curriculum department is is putting that together. We have a lot of things to consider when we talk about how the instruction is going to be delivered for how long and what classes will actually look like. You know, it involves several different decision makers to to create all of that. Um, And as we move into the new school year, we want to replicate. Um, as much as possible, what would be occurring in a typical classroom, Mm. but knowing that we have certain parameters that we have to work with, right? So what I understand right now is we're going to do the best we can to ensure that teachers and children are connecting daily Mm. um, through some sort of live meet, Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I I understand your children attend Palm Beach County Schools, is that right? Yes, that's correct. So we're a Google district. We Everything we do is through the Google platform. Yeah. So I know teachers are going to be asked to have Google meet with their children on a daily basis so they have some live instruction occurring. We also have other platforms like Google recorded lessons that the children could access. There's also um, some of the lessons that are going to be delivered through our news channel. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, an actual channel for the school district 10. Mm-hmm. And some instruction will be delivered that way, so there will be several ways that children can access some access some direct connection to instruction. Nice. Um, and we're hoping that not just instruction, but what we call maybe office hours, that mm-hmm. the children can then connect with their teacher to ask questions, to get guidance, and whatever else else that they might need.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um, and- I know this is probably like statistically impossible for you to answer but out of the tw- you said there was about somewhere in the realm of 24,000 like teachers and employees in the Plumish Beach County school system what what percentage of them want to come back versus are happy to do the online was there was that like split 50-50 was it a predominant Um, majority wanting to like feeling the need to keep, you know, the virtual side. Is there, how how did that, those discussions go down?
1: We do have some of that data and I don't have direct access to it because we did do some surveying of our employees about, you know, how they feel about returning, Um, you know, understanding that some of our employees may also have their own health concerns and their own um, issues surrounding our return to the brick and mortar building. Um, I don't have the exact statistics, but what I will say is that as a school district, what we all definitely agree on is that the best way, the absolute ultimate environment for children to learn is to be face to face, right? Mm -hmm. To be in a classroom Mm -hmm. and to have traditional learning, um, opportunities for the children. Mm -hmm. So, I think that uh, our teachers are eager to get back to seeing their students on a daily basis. They're eager to interact with them. They miss um, the children. They miss those opportunities. Um, A lot of what is going to occur is that our our teachers are going to be given the opportunity to return to the building and deliver their online instruction from their classroom. Mm. Having access to all of their materials, equipment, Yep. And all of those things so that they can really create a much better distance learning environment That's um, a good, for the students that they're working with.
0: That's cool. And maybe even the visual of having the students be able to see what the classroom looks like just in terms of the background imagery perhaps sure. will soften the reentry process of, of coming back in. And and, yeah, so it's like a real time Mm -hmm. versus maybe being at the teacher's house or maybe it has that more professional element or (laughs)
2: something like
0: that. Right. Oh man, that's, Mm -hmm. that's interesting. Um, So what, uh, you know, one thing I hear from a lot of parents is um, I have to work full time and my Mm -hmm. children are younger being say from school age, first, second, third, that sort of realm where they really need somebody to be right alongside them throughout the entire school day process to do the at home element. Um, What are some topics of discussion that you've heard in terms of how to solve that issue if parents are full-time employees and and they're in this position?
1: So I, you know, it's a challenge for our teachers as well. We have a large number of teachers who are also parents and have children in their homes. So Um, some of these teachers are going to have to choose to instruct from their homes rather Mm. than taking the option of going into the school building to teach from their classroom. Mm. But I do hear there's a lot of creativity around how parents are making arrangements, for example, to have like little pods of learning. Mm. And so, you know, understanding to keep safety guidelines and to keep their children, you know, socially distanced and so forth. You know, parents helping each other out with like a little pod Mm -hmm. of children who might be doing their instruction, um, for the day together and then, and having that online so that the parents who need to, to leave. I imagine there's a lot of, um, creativity around that with many, many parents. Yeah. We're hoping that the time of that we've given as far as postponing the school year gives parents the opportunity to, to really make arrangements that are adequate for them. Yep. And being able to return to work safely for themselves and and to keep their children safe and uh, and um able to access the learning environment the way it's being provided.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I, I think you know, given that we are in the situation that we're in, we can complain about it as much as we'd like. But the reality is, is that if we do get creative and we try to search out you know the best solutions in front of us and 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 get to the point like I, I think what you're saying too and in terms of parents actually getting together and say I take you know five of the kids in the neighborhood for one afternoon and then the next day another parent holds down the four almost like there be like mini home like little mini like you said pods or little mini mm-hmm. school systems kind of popping up so uh, I don't know maybe there, there could be a lot of positive things I guess that, that can come out of this would you agree?
1: Absolute, I would absolutely agree I think it's a matter of looking at it you know we have to our number one concern needs to always be the safety and health of the children yeah. and then we can everything else will follow and so if we can be creative and um in making sure that those environments are ensuring uh, safety and health number one everything else will absolutely follow and and um go in line with that
0: yeah that's you know another thought i had this morning as i was preparing for our conversation i i started to think about um I feel like my, at first when we were going through the lockdown element, we were pretty, I don't want to say strict, but we like kept our kids home and it was tough mm-hmm. because kids would come and knock on the door. We have a, we live in a great neighborhood where there's a lot of kids. And so, and we felt like the mean parents that, <laughs> that were like, <laughs> you can't play. And that is like the hardest thing to do to a kid. And, um, and so And then as like now I feel like we have little pods in our neighborhood where, you know, the same kids are playing together all day and they're all great and everything's going, you know what I mean? And so um, I wonder though, I mean, because I I do feel like there's quite a bit of fear. Like everyone's at a different sort of reaction to the experience. And I I wonder if there'll be some kids that – Will be coming back into school because I I truly believe we're going to go back to school, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think it's coming back, right? It might take
2: a while. I agree with but you. But it's coming back. I, it it's, might. It's gonna. Yep,
1: it, it'll. Yeah. It'll <laughs> take a bit. But I absolutely think it's it's our goal. Our goal is to ensure that we can go back yeah, to school. That yep, we can yep. bring children back into the building. Right. Um, and actually, I'm excited to see what these opportunities because I I do see what's occurring. Um, you have to, right? You have to see it as an opportunity to grow and learn and um, apply some different things into anything and everything that we do. And I think the fact that we've had to create these distance learning environments is going to actually change the scope of education forever. Mm. Um, And while before, we have always offered some sort of virtual learning opportunity for our children. um, We require high school graduates to take virtual classes before they actually graduate so that they are exposed to online instruction and so forth and the use of the technology. But Uh now that we've had to do that from the scope of K through 12, kindergarten through 12th grade, Mm. I do think that it's going to, um, really enhance what we do once we do return to the classroom. Yeah. I think that technology will take a whole new level in yep. how we deliver instruction yep. um, and the expectations we have of children as they move forward with the technology. And I also think like, you know, I think this generation of children is the most prepared to actually take on the <sighs> systems learning. That's we have children point. who who. Yeah. Don't remember not having a cell phone. They've only existed yeah. through cell phones, yeah. right? Yeah. Um. These are children who didn't have record players or, <laughs> or <laughs> a house phone or anything like that. You know, they've always been exposed to this type of technology, yeah. and so um, I think they're the they're a great group of children to do this with. A great generation of children to, to have to do this with.
0: That's awesome. I hear you. I. I, I definitely have gone through that transition. I'm feeling for the better because of it as well in our own learning environment. Um, how has your own personal yoga practice um, either transitioned, shifted, grown uh, in your experience of doing... Well, I guess let me back up. Before the pandemic, did you ever practice in front of a computer? Did you ever use the online element as a method for doing your daily practice
1: i have never used an online method for Uh my practice and so my my yoga practice has always been quite traditional and actually for me specifically i am a a very dedicated home practitioner Mm -hmm. because i am a quote-unquote householder right and i have this nine-to-five gig, it's always been very difficult for me to go to a, a shala and have a daily Mysore practice, you know, mm-hmm. and then run home to take my shower, put on my heels, and grab my briefcase <laughs> kind of thing, like that's not it, yeah. right? That's not always been available to me, so I've been yep. a home practitioner for a, for a lot of years mm-hmm. in order to, to fit in my practice in a good way. So. Um, It was really interesting because when we first went online and I thought, oh, gosh, how is this going to work? But I'm actually so thrilled, um, Todd, because what it's given me is the opportunity to practice with my teachers daily. I've never had that before. So for me, it's just been this kind of dream come true that I get to be a daily practitioner with my teachers and I get to bring them into my own little practice space, which at first felt a little bit weird right because mm -hmm. I had to like put on this camera in my practice space that's always been so private for me Mm. and I was like oh I'm excited about bringing my teachers in but it's really weird that they're going to be in there with me (laughs) you know right do I have to to sweep up first and like get the pictures even on the wall yeah it was kind of a weird setup but I actually (laughs) feel like so blessed and it's been such a huge blessing because I think Part of what a lot of what has happened to many of us, you know, we were taken so out of routine. We mm. were taken so out of our element, even though we had the opportunity to stay home and be within our, the safety of our homes. Our schedules just kind of got turned into upside down into yeah. like this weird universe. Yeah. Um, but it's been so great. To be able to have the support and my teachers holding space for me in practice, because I, I could see how I might have slacked um, off a little in that home practice with this new, with this new uh, setup. So Definitely it's right. been really great. That's, yeah. That's yeah. cool.
0: I, I hear you. I, I remember at one point I had heard a meditation teacher who prior to utilizing any sort of technology such as um, voice recording and or video recording that he had in his mind, that there was no way that it could be as effective as the in-person environment where there's the vibration of the teacher, there's the vibration of the student. When I say vibration, just the fact that, you know, you can see body language mm-hmm. and you can see, mm-hmm. and um and then he recorded um, a session did and it went out wherever to everybody that was interested. And then um, when he came back into a situation where he was around students, and the feedback that he had received is that the teaching was just as effective through the voice and through the video. Um, as it was, if he was in, and, and he was very skeptical that that was going to be the case, and um, so he kind of introed his online teaching with that, maybe letting people know, hey, I, I realize that you might be skeptical, but the feedback that I've received is that it it has equal value because I feel like sometimes in the old school traditions, you know, we could have never have seen this as an option or opportunity, so therefore. In that little transitionary period, there's uh, there's a lot of skepticism and doubt that it could be as um, as true to the the original element. But um, I don't know. I think that that we're finding that it it really is very effective. So that's it's good to hear that you that you're you're feeling that now. In terms of what um, what what is your background in education in terms of study? What what type of courses and or education? Have you path, career path, have you gone down to end up where you are now?
1: So, I, um, when I first started college, I um, got my bachelor's degree in special education. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've told the story before Um, I did not go to college knowing I wanted to be a teacher, Mm. I went to college knowing that I wanted to do something that it had some sort of impact or effect on other people. Mm-hmm. I um, And so I didn't know. I um, took a bunch of psychology courses, sociology courses, things like that. And two years in, I, when I had to make a decision, right, um, My, I, I, if I go back into my history, maybe it was in my DNA to begin with, when I was um, in elementary school, Mm. I attended a school that was owned by my family. My um, my uncle was the principal of the school. My grandmother was the head mm. secretary of the school.
2: Mm-hmm. My
1: grandfather was the pastor and the minister of the church attached to the school. My um, and my uh, mother was the English teacher. At
2: the school.
1: Oh wow! So um, I remember having a conversation with my mom, and she's like, "Elaine, you know, you're you've always had education within you." you might want to consider education. And I thought, all right, fine, I'll do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> fine, I'll do that. I'll, I'll be an education major. But I remember sitting there thinking, I don't want to be just any education major. I, uh-huh. I need to do something that I feel like makes a difference and that's what attracted me to special education. Mm. So I thought, okay, I'll just teach you know children with special needs and that'll be it. And then they handed me another choice. And I was like, what do you mean another choice? Well, you got to work either with, Children with uh, learning disabilities, or you got to work with children with inte- intellectual disabilities, or you can work with children with emotional and behavioral disorders. And I went, ah, that's the one mm. I want to do that for no particular yeah. reason other than I had taken all these psychology courses, I had yeah. taken all these sociology. I was just fascinated by that. So
0: with the that, emotional, that was my first degree. you said the emotional and behavioral was that was disorders. that the category disorders? Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. uh huh. So I got my first teaching job, and I was teaching a classroom of children with emotional and behavioral disabilities. I did that for quite a while. Mm. Um, Very challenging work, um, but great work. I really loved to do it. Um, I um, did that for a few years, and then I became a a coordinator for special education services. Every school has a coordinator for the special education services because Mm. there is federal law attached to those services. And so there's compliance work as well as a a coordination of the services themselves for the children at the school. So I did that job for quite a while and then got an opportunity to get my master's degree. And so I, I got my master's degree back in 2003, also in special education Mm. um, with some coursework in leadership. Um, And so from there, I then that's when I, was working with a mentor principal who kind of waved her finger at me and said, I think you'd be really great at HR work. I'm now doing this thing here in HR, and I'd like you to come join us here. And so then that's how I ended up in HR.
0: Wow. That's cool. What a nice path, like uh, one step to the next, to the next. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: And then at some point, I'm, I'm guessing I know somewhere in there you fell in love with yoga, and then probably there was you can do a yoga teacher training. Was there a light bulb moment anywhere where you felt like you could somehow coordinate your passion for the education field in terms of children and special needs and or emotional and behavioral um, element? And then having the connection of yoga, and, and then maybe you know potentially pursuing and or pursuing. Uh, teaching yoga how how did that evolve
1: so what's interesting is that um when i found yoga it was, uh, my children were pretty young um it was about i don't know maybe 15 years ago 17 years ago and i um i fell in love with yoga right away my first introduction to yoga was at a community center class mm-hmm. um it was a kripalu style class mm-hmm. um and um I just, you know, all I had ever known or seen about yoga was maybe in a movie or a TV or something. Mm. You know, hippies did this kind of thing, and um, I had a dance background, and so I was very attracted to movement, yeah. um, a theory, and all of that, and fell in love with my yoga uh, with yoga right away. Mm-hmm. So I ended up being kind of a yoga nomad and started searching for. Did the gym thing for a little bit. Went to yoga classes at a gym and thought, mm, this isn't exactly what I'm looking for. So. I did a nomad thing for a while and visited studios at the time. There weren't that many um, Mm -hmm. around the county. So I did travel quite a bit around to find some studios and then decided that um, I really wanted to learn more. And so when I went into my first teacher training, I did not do that because I wanted to teach yoga. Mm -hmm. I did that because I wanted to learn more about yoga Mm -hmm. and at the time there was not a lot of teacher training offerings occurring and I had a very good friend of mine that was interested in doing the same and she got online and started doing some research and we ended up at One Yoga Planet with Margarita Tree and that's where I did my first um, teacher training. Nice. That's also where I got my first introduction to Ashtanga Yoga and it was through a lead class that I had to participate in as part of my teacher training every single week. Um, and I had never done a Shanga yoga before, so I thought that was really like, wow, what is this? and How does this work? <laughs> right. Um, so that's basically how, how that um, love affair began. And I, when I graduated from my first teacher training, I had no intention of teaching yoga at all. Mm. Um, but a studio opened nearby me, which was really exciting to me because I had been traveling to studios for a long time. Right. And I started attending that studio nearby in Wellington. And um, a teacher um, quit one day and the owner came to me and said, I know you see yoga. You know, would you like to take over for this teacher? I'm, I just lost the teacher. I need someone to take over this class on Saturday." And that's how I ended up teaching, only that's, because I yes. decided to just, oh, sure, I'll do that. You were there. No and,
0: yeah, you yeah, yeah. you done your training or some study. And uh-huh. so you're like, all right, I think yeah. it's time. I'm ready. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> how, yeah, and then I ended up doing a 300-hour. And then I ended up doing um, Ashnaga University with Greg and Amanda. I just finished off this
0: last year. Nice. nice. Mm-hmm. And the listeners are familiar with both Greg and Amanda, because they've, they've been on the podcast as well. If you're not familiar, go back and listen. Uh, And that's with grassrootsyogaflorida.com. So, um, that's, that's a place I know, at least when you mentioned that you are still able to practice online, that that's where you're able to go. So I just wanted to
1: I am. throw those guys yeah. a little bit of
0: props because they're amazing. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, they are.
0: Now, have you had um, any opportunities to then apply teaching yoga to children and or in the special needs environment? And then...
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess my next question there is, I know that there's some challenges in introducing and utilizing yoga teaching or p- classes in the public school system. And we've had, you know, like I know people were trying to get it going out in San Diego and Southern California and they met up with some resistance and, um, uh, maybe just, maybe cause it was more that, they just wanted to make sure Sanskrit terms weren't used and that, you know, it was kept very secular. And mm-hmm. um, where are we at in Palm Beach County with being able to implement yoga teaching and say, either the PE class, in a regular class, or is that just... There's no time for that. <laughs> what, what do you think?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so personally for me, I did have an opportunity. Um, actually, when I um, first started teaching yoga back in 2007, I, um, I had to do some karma classes, right, to, to mm. fulfill my requirement uh, for my 200-hour teacher training that I did. And so I did that with um, the faculty, the teachers at the school where I work. Mm. And that was really rewarding that I got to, you know, give this gift to these teachers who work so hard and are so dedicated to the children that they work with every day. Um, At the same time, I also, once I was teaching for a couple of years, I dove into teaching children for a bit, which I really enjoyed um, at a community center and at the school. Um, And these were like after school type programming kinds Mm -hmm. of things um, Mm -hmm. that I could do. But to answer your question about yoga in the schools and bringing that curriculum in the schools, um, so as a district, I I can't say that we offer a yoga curriculum um, district wide. But mm-hmm. we do have several schools that offer, for example, we have a couple of high schools that offer yoga as a course selection as an elective oh, cool. for children to take at the high school level.
2: Nice.
1: And then in our PE programs, our PE programs also have the opportunity to offer yoga in one way or another. They're typically, you know, small little sequences, you know, poses using the animal names to make it more um, accessible for young children and so forth. We have videos that are provided um, for like uh, a morning little you know, ten minutes short session for the children to access. Um, teachers can play those videos for the children so that they can do some yoga practices. We also have some like mind body awareness, a lot of those kinds of things happening in our schools with mm. our PE teachers nice. offering that through the curriculum. Nice. We have some things called Brain Gym that are offered through that um, through that curriculum that really are connecting like breath and movement for the children in order to increase their focus and their concentration as well as a lot of work with like crossing the midline to ensure children are using both sides of their brain Hmm. when they're doing their activities and such so we do have some of that infused it's just not overtly called yoga or yoga curriculum per se but a lot of the tools and techniques are being utilized in our schools
0: that's really cool. I, I'm a product of the Palm Beach County school system. And uh so oh, I, great. Uh-huh, yeah, I went to <laughs> elementary, middle, and high school here in Palm Beach County. Um awesome. and, yeah. And I would and then I have to on that note say I feel like we're we're coming a long way since those days. <laughs> oh, absolutely.
1: <laughs> right?
0: Like there's a bit of an absolutely, evolution going on because yeah. the thought of uh my PE teacher in high school having us bust out some yoga, like we were not really anywhere close <laughs> to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. so that's that's kind of cool I I that that gives me um that gives me some hope and some you know to you know I guess I I, I have a feeling too that being able to hear to the level of dedication that you've taken the career uh, your career and study and um that brings me some solace knowing that my kids are getting ready to go back to school and knowing that there's people like you that are really working hard and strategizing how to make this uh go as smooth as possible brings me some hope so i oh, i'm I, I, so glad i feel appreciative that you're you're um you're you're on the front lines here. <laughs> well,
1: I appreciate that. Thank you, Tom.
0: Of course. Um, and I, I know that you're really busy right now, and I also am very thankful for you taking time out of your day today. We we're able to find some time in between your appointments with work to to build a, uh, do this podcast. So I'm I'm really thankful for you um taking taking time. Is there Anything that you would like to close with, or any thoughts, motivation, inspiration, and/or just any anything that you would like to share before we part?
1: Well, I can say that, and I, and I think you took this already from our conversation. That you know what I'm most proud of is that I'm part of a school district that um, prides themselves fully on ensuring that what we do is make decisions always in the best interest of children. Mm. And so if we are always, if that is our goal each and every time, then we can ensure health and safety and then ultimate learning environment for our children. So Mm. know that our intent is always to ensure that those things for our students. And so as we move into this new phase of um, distance learning, we are hoping to truly support our children in the best way possible as we move forward. Mm. And we are working super hard to come back to our quote-unquote traditional learning environments and bring the children back to where we know they feel like they can do their best learning. Yeah.
0: Awesome, Elaine. I feel good about it. Thank you. (laughs)
1: Good. I'm glad. You're welcome. You're
0: welcome. It's going to be interesting. I I know I'm, I'm actually... I'm definitely excited for um, my kids to have a little bit of routine again. Like summer's great. You know, like by the end of summer, we're always like, Oh yeah, let's get back to routine because I, um, you know, (laughs) so just to have that little, yeah. Cause even when I'm like, come (laughs) on, you guys, you got to get a book out. Let's read. They're just like, it's so hard to, to, (laughs) to to get the kids to do that extra learning when there's not the focus of school to kind of drive that forward. So, um, I think it's going to be good. but um, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Elaine, for taking time today. And I really look forward to continuing our conversation in the future.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Awesome. We'll catch up soon. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Todd. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Native Yoga Toddcast. We really appreciate it and we hope you enjoyed Remember that if you'd like to learn more about upcoming classes, workshops, teacher trainings, and our online yoga studio, all of which you can access at nativeyogacenter.com. Your support is greatly appreciated. Have a wonderful day.